Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. Joe, how are you doing this week? Good to see three weeks in a row we're together. I know, it's a new record for the summer. And yes, You sound so excited. Ending. I'm very stressed. It is, did I say that last week already? I don't know. This last week where the kids are like have a half week of school, which I don't mind, by the way. I think that's fine. But my students are not in class yet. So like I'm... I have meetings, like the scheduling is all messed up. So, you know, we're trying to like, you gotta, you gotta wait for school to actually start so that you're like in a groove and you know what your schedule is like and nothing's set right now. So it's that moment where everything's up in the air and everything feels stressful, which Ellie back in regular school, you know, how's that going? Going great. I mean, this was something she was sort of looking forward to. I think she was ready to be around more kids and you know, that was something that was kind of evident towards the end of our travel. We were all sort of ready to have her back, and she settled right back in. It's nice that she went back to the school. So in kindergarten, she went to this school. This is just our local school uh, just down the street. Uh, for half of first grade, she went to a charter school, and then obviously we traveled. So she's back in the school where she went to kindergarten, found some of her friends, and you know, we're a few weeks in now, so it's like a well-oiled machine. We're doing good. Uh, but I, like uh, Benji was giving me a hard time because you know the kids on the East Coast don't go back so late. And we've already we're already weeks into the school year. I said, "Well, talk to me again in May when we're out on vacation uh, and you're still uh, taking the kids to school." But I don't know; it's a trade off. But yeah, it's been fine, been good. She's having a good time, and we're just settled back in here. That's good to hear. So yeah, and I agree with you. In May, we will be miserable when you guys are free. So hey, it's all it's all a cycle. It, you know, you win some, you lose some. I have to decide. I have a booking for the Andaz Papagayo in Costa Rica for the end of October. I tried to time it for a school holiday. We have Nevada Day, which is like our statehood holiday. And it actually, Nevada Day is on Halloween. So when I was a kid growing up, we actually Always got Halloween. or just like it happens to be Well, Nevada year. Day itself is on October 31st. So when I was a kid, you always got Halloween off from school, which was like the coolest thing ever. But then a few years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, they changed it so they you get off either the Friday or the Monday closest to the holiday. So you, I guess to give them a three-day weekend because it was kind of awkward to have like a Wednesday off in the middle of the week if that's what Halloween was. But I always thought that was cool. But anyway, I try to always plan something around that weekend and we're going to Andaz and then we would be back for Halloween because of the way the holiday falls. And I didn't think we were going to be able to do it, so I haven't got flights yet. And now all, I did keep the hotel. Now all of a sudden we probably can. So I got to – Liberia is not the easiest airport to find awards to. So I got to kind of figure that out and see if it makes sense. I do have a sweet upgrade award on that. But also it's the rainy season down in Costa Rica. But I've been wanting to go to that property for like – I don't know. When did it open? Seven or eight years ago. It's been a long time now. And I've had so many bookings there that I've had to cancel. And I feel like I got to try to make this work because it's – I don't know. It looks like an incredible place. I mean, rainy season is not the worst time to have a suite upgrade because then you're just hanging out in your suite and you have more space. It's almost like when the weather is good, then I guess, I mean, it's always nice to have a suite upgrade, but like when the weather is good, you know, you can be out on the beach or hanging out, hiking, whatever. So, you know, I'm sure it'll work out. And then maybe I'm sure things are quieter in Costa Rica in the rainy season, right? So maybe that will help out too, either with pricing or at least without feeling like things are super crowded. Yeah. And that's why I was able to get the award so easy. Obviously it was a low season award and the suite upgrade was very easy to get as well. So those are not necessarily easy things at that hotel a lot of the time, 
I would also feel guilty. I, Costa Rica is a country we haven't been to before. And just like going for like three or four days, just going to the Andas. I mean, we could still do some stuff, but I feel a little guilty. And it's a lot of travel because we have to connect most likely through somewhere in Texas, Houston or Dallas. But I don't know. So I got to make that decision pretty soon. But uh, yeah, people should let me know. I, everybody loves that. My brother, you know, ironically, my brother is not a miles and points person, uh, but he does this charity work down in Costa Rica uh, through his business and stuff. And they always stay at the Andas. And he stayed there every year for like the last five or six years and just loves that hotel. And then everybody in the space loves that hotel. So uh, yeah, it looks good. And I think there's like other resorts around there uh, as well. And But I do want to go, I want to go see the, like the rainforest and I want to see San Jose and I want to see more of Costa Rica. So that's my one hesitation. It's like, should I just do it where I have like a week or a little bit longer to see more of the country? But I guess I'll have to make that decision later on. You got any trips that you're sort of like I don't know, playing with in your mind? Uh, that's a great question. I'm like at the point right now where we're trying to figure out 2024. And, you know, I think with missing school and then like my kids potentially missing school. So like on the books right now, what we have is we have a trip to Taiwan in February for February break. Um, we have a Disney cruise booked in July with friends. So that one's probably pretty locked in. And then, you know, on top of all that, I'm trying to like squeeze out trips here and there, like smaller trips. So trying to figure it all out, it's it's very, you know, I know I have to go to Disney World in January for my uh, Travelmation, the annual retreat. Um, there's a chance that I'll be going on a cruise with just my son earlier. So I don't know. It's, I feel like the calendar between like the travel calendar for 2024 and my kids daily schedule which is not set for fall 2023 my brain is like you know the meme of zach galifianakis and just all the numbers like flying around his head like that is that's just my that just feels like my life right now i need it to be two weeks from today so that at least some of that stuff is sorted out yeah it's it's crazy and i I don't, the way I'm thinking about travel now has to have changed, right? Because we're back home. And one of the sort of downsides to the way that we did this whole thing the last year and a half was it was really hard to get into a routine because just as you got back home and you were in a little bit of a routine, you left again. And, you know, then once you get back home, it was just very difficult. And so the goal, I think, with our travel going forward is to go on more vacations, at least in the short term, you know, two to three weeks at the top max trips during the summer and so, like, next year, I do want to do, like, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we have some cruise offers there to go to, like, uh, New Caledonia and Lifu Island, some really cool, like, places in the Pacific, plus, obviously, uh, Australia and, and maybe New Zealand if we could do it. But also, Joe, I have to do the Disney Asian parks next year because all of their new expansions are opening. And I have to decide whether for my wife and daughter if I'm going to get them Chinese visas or if I'm going to try to do the transit thing in Shanghai. And I think I'm leaning towards getting them visas, a 10-year visa in China. They're not cheap. I think, what are they, like 250 300 bucks now uh, when you use an agency because it's not the easiest process. Although when I got my visa, I used the agency. So I don't know. Like I have to decide, are we going to make enough trips to mainland China as a family to make this worth it? My daughter hasn't been to Beijing. She hasn't seen the Great Wall. There's so much incredible history and culture in China that transiting it, I feel like you know, transiting a city here and there to avoid the visa, I feel like that's a downside. So uh, that's also on my mind. And you know, I'm excited. To, I, I know nobody wants to hear me talk about going to the, the Asian Disney parks, but in case you don't know, all three of them, all three resorts are opening up huge expansions next year. And we're not getting anything new in Disney in the U.S. for the next decade. So 
that's where all the fun is happening. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if anybody out there has Chinese visas for their families. Like how how many people are doing that type of family travel in China, like Americans? I don't know, but I don't know. I want to hear from people because I, I feel like I'm the only one who does stuff like that. Yeah, I think we talked about this, but I would almost just, I mean, you figure if you go twice in the next decade or so, that will mostly make it worth it, even if it's like a couple hundred dollars. And I think I told you about my friend who was not stopping in China and was just transiting through China to get to Taiwan, and they were not allowed on the plane. The gate agent screwed up. Like Air Canada ultimately admitted that the gate agent screwed up, but that's very little consolation when you're not let on the plane because they didn't have a visa for China. Just that like stress would almost be enough for me to get the 10-year visa. You know, plus, I mean, it's good for 10 years. So, And I think you're built a little bit different, but 72 hours in China might not even be enough if I'm going to actually visit. So, Yeah, we did the transit in 2019. So for anybody who's thinking of doing it, it's definitely possible. I haven't done it post-COVID, but as far as I understand, it's working the same way as it did before. And if you have a visa, I had a visa and they didn't. And you can still go to the same line. So the same agent helped us. He checked me in with my visa. He did the transit. So if you follow all the rules, and there are quite a few rules, but just read what they are uh, as far as where your ticket is to and from and all of the other things, you know, which region you're in depends on how much, how many hours you get and all that stuff. But it's definitely doable. And I know a lot of people have done it and it's doable with kids as well. Uh, but yeah, as you say, you're region locked. So when you do transit, you're not allowed to leave that region. So it's not like you could say I'm transiting Shanghai and then like leave somewhere else and then come back to fly out or fly out from another city. You can't do any of that stuff. So especially with the the high speed rail network and how easy it is to get around China now from city to city, it makes a ton of sense, I think, to get the visa so you can you can do it. I mean, it used to take like 12 hours. Was it 12 hours? I did the overnight train once from Beijing to Shanghai and it was a long time. But now I think it's just like four hour train ride on the high speed rail there. So everything is so interconnected, uh, which brings me to Cathay Pacific. One Mile at a Time wrote about a new trademark for their new first-class product that's supposed to debut on the 7779, the 777, which has been delayed. It was supposed to come out, I think, in 2020. Now the earliest date is 2025 because they discovered a lot of technical issues. And this was the same around the same time that the Max had all those problems. So uh, we don't know when we'll actually get that plane, if it's going to get delayed anymore. But did you see this first-class product? So as part of this patent application, we think the name will be the Halo Suites, and for people listening, I've flown Cathay Pacific, I think, seven or eight different times in first class. My favorite airline, my favorite first class product, even though, admittedly, by modern standards, not the most private, not the most, uh, you know, up to date, but it's very spacious and it's very comfortable and the service is fantastic. But this new Halo Suites, uh, we see, we there's like a diagram on one mile at a time, and I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys to see this. They're going to have four first class seats on this airplane and it's hard to describe what they're like, Joe. I mean, they're at angles. They're almost like the Etihad apartment in some way. Um, there's different ways to like remaneuver the seats so that you can put them together. They're huge. They're at this weird angle. So there's only a single aisle. I'm doing a really terrible job of describing it, but it looks like an incredible product and maybe a game changer, like one of those products that really pushes first class products forward. And so hopefully in a few years, I'll be flying it on my favorite airline. Yeah, I mean, I love how, yeah, because there's like concepts of like potentially having a bunk bed and two seats 
combining to be a double bed and stuff like that. So a lot of different things going on. I think the funniest thing is, you know, there's shelving in which all business class and up typically has like some kind of shelf to put your stuff on. But I really love how in the concept art, they have books there. Like you're going to put up a little library for yourself on your flight. And there's a little plant there too. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. Although, you know, they'll give you a single flower and things like that. Lufthansa's classic with the rose and all that stuff. But it like, this is one of those things where I just cannot even, I looked at whatchamacallit, the floor plan or whatever. And with where everything is, it's just, you know, it's just all Greek to me. Like I cannot process like what this is going to look like, but it looks like they're really trying to push the envelope. And so I'd be really excited to see it when it's finally, you know, they're going to start having like at least demos first, even before the planes are done being built. Right. So that'd be awesome to see. And their new business class is pretty incredible. That was supposed to debut on their, on the seven, 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 nine, triple seven, nine, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, but that is now debuting on their triple seven, 300 ERs, their older planes. So you're going to get the new business class product sooner than we'll get this first class product. Cause we have to wait for the new plane and it doesn't seem like they want to put it on their existing planes, uh, which is interesting. We've seen a lot of demand drop off, but yeah, for anybody who's out there, who's kind of newer to the mile in point space, Cathay Pacific, just an incredible experience. Unfortunately with COVID that airline has, you know, changed a lot. It used to be that they would release first class space all the time and especially last minute, but it wasn't a difficult award to get if you were, you know, pretty diligent and through COVID just things have changed a lot, but hopefully they're getting back to more normal operations where you can get, more, you know, first class award availability. As your point, Joe, they do give you a little flower there and they write you a handwritten note. Service on Cathay is phenomenal. It really is. I mean, just across, I've had better crews and worse crews, but even the worst crew is better than most other airlines. And the best crews are just out of this world. And, you know, I flew them again earlier this year in premium economy, and it was just nice to be on one of their planes again. And like you said, they're pushing the envelope, which is exciting. We need more and more of this. Like just in the last five, seven years between the new Emirates suites, new Singapore suites, you know, Q suites and business class, just the, the evolution, even the doors, the mini suites and many business class products, it's just gotten so much better. And I don't know, I feel like it's evolved and I can't wait to see like the next evolution of these seats. That's the great thing about this hobby. How else would I be talking about that I flew Cathay Pacific first class seven or eight times, or I could even talk about international first class if it wasn't for this hobby? Because it's insane. I mean, it's just an insane thing to think about. You're talking about tickets that sell fifteen, twenty thousand dollars cash, and people pay money for that. Not me. I don't have to. Yeah, we've done it a couple times as well, and it's been pretty awesome. Hopefully, the award space doesn't dry up. You know, you can still get like one. You know, the toughest thing is getting multiple seats, um, but it's pretty awesome. And I will echo what you said. Probably one of the best soft products that I've ever gotten to experience you know i just love the asian carriers service in general but then in first class it's just next level for sure so let's talk about american carriers and that's JetBlue and spirit because they are merging or at least they're trying to merge in a lot of it's people a lot of whiplash merger whip whiplash yeah. sean going from <laughs> cathay first class to spirit and JetBlue merger but you know i respect yeah. it yeah, from the top to the bottom. Uh, but JetBlue is a very different kind of airline than Spirit, and they have a very different business model. And, you know, Spirit has the very, very low fares, and then they nickel and dime you to death. And I think part of Spirit's business model, honestly, is that our unexperienced travelers are going to make mistakes. And we've seen this with Ryanair and a lot of other, you know, airlines. And so that's not really what JetBlue's model is. I mean, JetBlue, 
you know, tends to include things. Heck, JetBlue gives you more space. They give you free internet, you know, better legroom, a lot of stuff. So just a, kind of a culture disconnect there. But JetBlue is facing a lot of backlash on this merger. And then this document leaked kind of showing what their plans are. And it basically says they're going to raise Spirit's fares 25 to 40% when they take over Spirit. So people are up in arms. A lot of people want this merger blocked. As we know, we've seen a ton of consolidation in the airline space in the last 20 years. Prices only go up when airlines go away, big ones go away, especially one like Spirit that's, you know, so important in driving prices down. I mean, they're bare fares and all of that. Yeah, I mean, this kind of sucks. But then also, like, what I mean, what what were people really expecting? Like, you know that this is what was going to happen. And you also have to throw in there that part of the reason why Spirit's fares are so cheap to begin with is because of all the add-ons. Now, of course, JetBlue does have its basic blue fares. I mean, it's basic fares, excuse me. But blue basic is the correct terminology. But you, like, with their blue and up fares, or, you know, there's no really reason to buy anything that's not blue, but you're going to get the check bags, seat selection, stuff like that. So that's all stuff that you were paying for separately in Spirit. It's still negative net for the consumer because they have less options. But I'm not like, you know, I would have been surprised if there wasn't a ticket increase in Spirit, which is why, again, like you said, people are against this merger in the first place. And, you know, I think that's where you need to like put your energy because if the merger goes through, of course the prices are going to go up. Yeah, that's pretty universal. And there is like a disconnect between these carriers. They're not one-to-one as you point out. And, uh, you know, they just have very different business models. And this document was not supposed to be released. This area was supposed to be redacted that talked about the fares. So I guess somebody probably got in trouble and I'm sure they're not very happy that they have to defend this. But yeah, not a surprise. Prices are going to go up. I think competition is better. Although we have seen like new airlines like Avello and some other airlines, you know, come on the scene. So it's not like we don't have new startups or new energy in the airline industry in the U.S. And I guess that might be an argument. I'm not a antitrust attorney or I don't have understanding. There are still a lot of airlines, so it remains to be seen how this will be done. But I'm guessing it'll go through and they'll have to divest some routes and gates and stuff like that. That's generally what they do, but we'll see how that goes. So let's talk timeshares, Joe. I don't know, like I'm when I go to meetups and I talk to people in the Diamond group and I talk to people, it seems like more and more people are doing timeshare products. They're doing Vacasa. They're not doing standard hotel rooms with points and miles. And uh, that's become more and more prevalent over the years. And Benji wrote an article, How and Why We Book Hotel Awards as Timeshares. And just about every major company, Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, they all have their own timeshare units. I don't really like staying at Hyatt's timeshares because then you don't get any of the benefits of your status. I only done it one time and I didn't really care for it, but there are a lot of options. And obviously we know that Wyndham has a lot of great redemptions for stuff like this. And I guess it's something that a lot of people like me, probably I haven't really kind of dived into a lot of the options for non-hotels in these programs outside of like the very basic Hyatt residence club or Marriott, you know, residence club, Hilton grand vacations, things like that. But the more I talk to people, the more they're all in on Vacasa, on whether it's, you know, like Airbnb type rentals like that or timeshares, those types of places that you can go to cook and have more of that sort of experience. And it's good to see that there's more and more options for points in this space. Yeah, I think more options is good. For me, timeshares, like I just am not into cooking 
on vacation. And so I don't really want to deal with that um, unless I'm going to be there for like a really long time, which is why like these properties and Benji talks about it in his article. I think he said like one downsides is there's less restaurants at these places. And of course there are, because you know, it's, it's set up like a timeshare. It's set up like you're going to be living there for a while. So, you know, I think it is great to have the options and, I do find that even in the non miles and points space, more people have been going this timeshare route, whether they have a timeshare and they use it to exchange for one of the other properties, or they're finding that you can, what is that? Like there's that rental website where you can get timeshares and like you pay for them with cash and timeshare owners. I think it has the word red in it somewhere. Red week is what it's called, I think. And they do timeshare rentals, like, but with cash. Um, and I think normally it's people who own timeshares and they just want to put it up for rent. And Red Week is a place that will like act as a broker between a timeshare owner and a potential guest. I used to like, when we, when we started traveling years ago, doing our first around the world trip, we were on a huge budget and we used in the US Priceline all the time. And I've told the story before. We used to always get put in extended stay Americas. And that really like for, for years and years, I feel like that really messed me up because extended stay Americas are not that nice. Right. And they have kitchens. And so now you have like plates and cookware and all that. And I just always had this perception that that sort of stuff in a hotel room or, you know, in a timeshare, whatever is nasty and I don't want to use it. Um, so I, I am with you. I don't like to cook a lot. I've gotten better over the years. Like I don't really like if I go to a Hyatt house, I'm not really using the stuff in the room, but uh, if I have to use something, I'll wash it really, really good. But it's just not my thing. I don't know. I don't like staying places where I'm sharing all that stuff. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. As you point out, restaurants, other things. But there are timeshares where they are in areas where you do get all of that stuff. For example, look at Hawaii and, you know, in Maui, uh, which unfortunately is now closed. But, you know, the Hyatt Residence Club right next to the Hyatt Regency, that's on a row of hotels. You get all the kind of amenities of everything and you get the timeshare experience where you can stop at Costco or Walmart, stock up on your stuff. Like, I think those are the types of great vacations to have. You do tend to get bigger rooms too with timeshares, but they don't tend to be as nice. Like every timeshare I've stayed in, the room is like, I don't know, they don't spend the money to update them nearly as often. And I don't know, even I've stayed in a DVC even that I just felt wasn't very nice, but it was, you know, an older one. So I don't know, not my thing, but I'm glad that more and more people are doing it. I'm glad we have more and more choices now for using our points across the board in a lot of these programs. Yeah, it's just a yet another example of I'm happy it works for Benji. And I don't mean that sarcastically. He finds value where we do not. And I think that's why, you know, it's just awesome to have different people in the miles and points world who make different things work for them. So a few other offers I wanted to mention, I think there's a new Chase offer for InKind, which is that restaurant sort of app. And if people remember, there was an Amex offer for that where you got a basically free credit. But I think this is 150 off 250 so like a 60% discount. And there's a lot of interesting restaurants. So I know a lot of people out there already have their in-kind accounts. So check your Chase offers. Uh, a lot of people have tons of credit with in-kind uh, for their, their stuff. So Joe, I did want to talk about something that's been bothering me in this hobby a little bit. I mean, this happens in every community. It happens in every sort of niche on the internet or in our modern society with how things are and how divided everybody is. And, you know, all this stuff with the Chicago seminars, and we did talk a little bit about it a while ago and how the community is divided and people attacking each other publicly. And there's just a lot of people behind the scenes that are not doing our hobby any good. 
a lot of toxicity. And I decided that I'm not going to keep my mouth shut about it anymore. I'm not going to call any names out, but I'm really kind of sick and tired of the toxic people in this space. The people who attack other creators, who attack other people in the space, uh, the people who constantly on, you know, different platforms are attacking people and creating misinformation. You know, what's funny is for years, I've watched people attack other bloggers uh, on boarding area and elsewhere, uh, making up these sort of stories about how evil they are for selling credit cards and all of this stuff that's just true nonsense. Because over the years, I've gotten to know a lot of people and a lot of the people who are attacked the most are people that are genuinely good in trying to help people. Now, there's no doubt that people are running businesses, including us, and we do make money off credit cards. And I think people who have listened to this show for a long time know that we don't put that first. In other words, we're not going to sell you a credit card we don't believe in, and we're also never going to give you a link if you can get a better deal elsewhere. And there are other blogs that have stuck to that. But it seems like in the last couple of years, it's become more, I don't know, accepted for these sort of public attacks on people who are creating and sharing information And, you know, as somebody who's really tried to build a positive community and bring people together, you know, through Diamond and trying to keep a positive tone, I'm really sick of these people. And I just want to put it out there. Just stop. You know, the Chicago seminars thing happened. I know a lot what happened behind the scenes. I'm not going to put it out there. But there are people who are involved in that who have gone and really crapped on a ton of creators, people like me and me personally. But I thought, you know, that this was just a personal beef with me, but then I start talking to other people. And it's just the way that certain people treat other people. It's the way that they see themselves within the space, like they own it. And like, we're just like, you know, I don't know, how how big do you think this community really is of people who are seriously engaged in miles and points? Maybe like serious, like sickos like us, probably maybe five to 10,000 max. Like, obviously there's a lot of people uh, in the general, like, you know, who use it as like part of their lives. But if you just take a look at the people who are willing to pay for premium groups, that's probably like 500 to a thousand max per group. And then maybe there's like eight to 10 groups total. So, you know, I'm thinking like the true sickos like us, uh, maybe 10,000 people. And before you continue on your rant, I will just say that I literally, and audience, this is true. You can believe me or not, have no idea who Sean is talking about. That being said, I think one thing, and one reason why I've stepped back a lot from the miles and points space, um, although all spaces are like this, like you said, Sean, it's just because I just don't, it's not worth dealing with that. Like I like to use miles and points as a tool for myself, but I don't like to be that deep in the space because you get into all this drama. And what, one thing I found, and this was you know something I found when I was much more active with the blog and observation deck and stuff like that, is that I always go into it kind of just assuming the best of people, but some people just are jerks, which, you know, I'm glad I don't know who you're talking about, Sean, because like, I just find out that every time I find out someone's a jerk, I'm just like disappointed and um, either disappointed in myself for like thinking they're not a jerk. But I, I think it really sucks that all communities, once you get like 15 years into it, the, the crap always ends up floating to the top. Uh, I don't know if that works scientifically, but that's what ends up happening in these online spaces. Yeah, and I purposely don't want to contribute to this, and this is exactly why I'm not saying who I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about one specific person. I'm talking about multiple people. And the reason I ask you how many people are in this space is because we all have 
the blessing of being able to do what we love, travel the world. We live lives that are very different than a lot of people. And this is our way of coming together. And I know for me specifically, you know, the old age old story, you sort of write a blog, you know, they, they, they would always ask bloggers like on the old um, Million Mile Secrets interviews, you know, why did you start your blog? Oh, to help family and friends travel. I didn't do that because I got tired of talking to family and friends who did not understand what my life was like or my passion for travel was like. And so I wrote Miles to Memories to meet all of you people and to build a community and to be part of a community that was positive of people who were like living this incredible dream of traveling around the world and seeing things. And I am so grateful. Like I been on my own since I was 14. And like the fact that I've got to live this life and, you know, find a partner in doing it. And I only say that because I want people to understand that I'm grateful for this community and people like that ruin it and they make it worse for that. And, you know, like I said, I'm not just talking about one person, uh, you know, with the Chicago seminars, maybe. I also like am sad because there's a lot of people who put up with this, like are friends of people and they allow people to do this. I want more and more people to come in the community. I want more and more people to create content for the community. You know, I've talked before how I'm not always loving the content on places like Instagram, and I don't think it's all kosher and honest. And I think good criticisms of, you know, individual posts and things are great. But overall, I want more people, you know, spreading the word and, and doing things. And I just want you all to be nicer to each other. And I want to continue to to put that message out there because I do have a little voice in the community. I do wish I could just come and say, call people out and say, do better, do better, do better. But those people do need to do better. The people who are leading people down the path to where they lose tons of money because they're running some sort of spending scheme where, you know, they uh, basically have made off scot-free because nobody has called them out publicly. The people who uh, are on Twitter constantly attacking other people and doing outright lies for talking about how they're, you know, trying to rip people off or be dishonest to people. This is a community of travelers. And the the amazing thing about the Diamond Lounge is we don't have any of that. We don't deal with drama. There are other groups that are exactly the same where they have very positive uh, outlooks. So there's a lot of good people in this community. And I'm going to do my job to try to bring more of those voices forward and to try to get rid of some of these bad apples, including, you know, people that specifically I think are just making this whole thing worse and just treat people with kindness, respect. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really tired about it. People know where I, where I'm going to speak, which is at the original Chicago seminars at the holiday Inn, And that's not because I don't like people who are speaking at any of the conferences, uh, the two conferences that are happening in Chicago. So I'm not picking a side there. It's just, I feel like as we go into the season and as we're getting closer to that event, which I know that there's so many events and there's so many groups and there's so many meetups, uh, but that is an event that I think brought a lot of people together from different kind of areas of this community. Let's remember that. Let's remember that spirit. Let's remember that our lives are greater because of this hobby. Let's share that passion with others. Let's help others and let's stop cutting people down. Let's stop, you know, doing all of that stuff. And, you know, I've always tried to be a positive person. I've also always been somebody who kept my mouth shut because I don't like controversy. I really don't like uh, if somebody hears this and thinks it's about them that they're going to come at me. Maybe they will. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But again, my only reason for doing this is because I want a better community, one that I've been doing this for 10 years. And there are so many great people like I love sitting in a room full of people that are talking about crazy areas of the of the world that they visited. Like, I don't get that in my normal life and I want to make this community better and I'm not I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. So the bad actors need to stop. Go be toxic somewhere else, seriously, and let us 
enjoy our lives and our stuff. And, you know, if you're going to be critiquing somebody, make sure that you're telling the truth and not basically doing it for clicks or just to kind of get some credit as the guy who calls out everybody, even though every time you call somebody out, you're lying and you're just lying. And that's what it is. And there's, like I said, I, I probably talked about at least a dozen or two dozen people in this show. I'm not talking about one specific person all across all of this. And I'm just worked up about it and I want a better community and I want those people to join me in making this a better community. I don't think those people are terrible. I don't want to kick them out. I want them to be better and I'm going to do better. And that's sort of my thing here. Rant over Joe. Yeah. I mean, I would say just acting as an audience surrogate, like if, if you are new in this space or, you know, you're just casually in this space and you don't know who Sean's talking about, like me, I do think I've been around long enough that I know who I trust and who I don't trust. Although, like I said, I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. So I would just say that, like, if you're new, just just be careful. Like, not everyone. It's like any space, uh, like even in the Disney space, which is the other space that I'm like heavily invested in. Right. Not everyone has like the best of intentions and you just kind of got to take everything with a grain of salt. And honestly, like if you don't know what crap is going on, it's probably better. But just just remember that, unfortunately, not everyone has good intentions. And so, you know, protect yourself. Don't 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 take advice at face value. Always do your own research or make sure you have multiple sources kind of backing you up on that advice and typically the wisdom of the crowds is going to help you out. Because I think the thing that I worry the most about is people getting ripped off or losing their money um, for trusting the wrong people. And I'm not, I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, Sean, but like when we're talking about the miles and points space, like that's always kind of where the danger is. Because like you said, we get very into the more lavish, fly, you know, fly, flying first class. Like we, we get into that and we enjoy that. And you know, if you want more of that, sometimes you're going to over leverage yourself in ways that's not wise. So just be careful out there. If you want to be part of this community, take a look at yourself and decide what you're putting back into the community. You, you think you're putting something out, but you're putting something completely else out there and join us in putting positivity and honesty, quite honestly, out there and just being a nice person and remembering that we have this special community of people and let's not ruin it by dividing it and having everybody in different corners and everybody against everybody else. And I don't want people on team Sean versus people on team, everybody else. We're all on each other's team. And even the people that I, you know, think that this applies to, I think that they could join and kind of make this a better place. Cause some of those people are incredible. They've traveled incredible places. They've had incredible experiences. They have incredible knowledge to share and they're spending their time doing all kinds of dumb things that detracts from all of that. It makes them look bad. It makes them look petty and it doesn't help themselves or anybody else. And they have a lot, a lot to contribute. I don't want those people gone. I want them to make this a better community too. So let's stop that and let's all, you know, come together. And I know Joe, this is just humans and this happens in every niche, but we need people to stand up and say stuff like this. People who do have a voice. I don't have the biggest voice in the space, but I do have a voice and I'm getting really tired of this stuff. And it's just a lot of interactions over the last six months that made me, I don't know, decide I wanted to say this out loud. But I just want to make it very clear. This is not designed to call out anybody specifically. This is designed to make this space better for everybody, including myself, because this is my hobby. I love to travel and I love to meet travel hackers because when I go talk to my family, they do not understand what my life has been like the last 15 or 20 years of traveling around the world. 
but you guys do, and I love that, and I want to make it better for you, and I want you to make it better for me, and that's really what this is about, and so that's, I want to be very clear, that's my intention here. And, well uh, said, well said. After I'm four years, glad. you've got a Sean rant. Have I ever ranted before? Uh, not like that, man, so I respect it. Yeah, just if you're new here, Sean, it takes Sean a lot to get worked up, so you know I trust you that whatever's going on is not not great. So, um, you know, I totally support you. And I, I agree. Like, we want this to be a positive space where people help each other out and don't bring each other down. So thanks for bringing that up. And yeah, I will continue to help people out too. Like I said, I want to bring these incredible voices because there's so many younger people too that are getting into the, to the hobby and, you know, they're on different platforms and some of us other people are on and like, there's so many great voices out there and that should outweigh everything else I said. Let's, let's focus on those people and I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? Uh, you can find me at Azure Flies all over social media. Email me, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. M as in Mary, if you are looking to book a Disney trip or a cruise. What about you, Sean? At Miles to Memories all over social media. MilesToMemories.com for all of our stuff, our posts, podcasts, videos, and mtmpodcast.com if you want links to subscribe. If you want to apply for cards and support Miles to Memories, support the show, you can find links there, mtmpodcast.com. We always appreciate that. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We haven't asked for them in a while. Would love some new reviews. That helps us out a lot as well. And most importantly, thanks so much for being part of the MTM community, for listening, for interacting. Whether you're in Diamond or you read the site or you see us on YouTube doing the Vegas stuff, whatever you do. I really appreciate everybody in the audience. I love that you listen and you watch and that you engage with us. And I'm so grateful that you're there. So thanks for listening. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.